Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 92, Tickets Not Required. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? Glad to have the whole gang here. And Tom. Hey, what's up? Glad to be here. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Yeah, so it's nice to have the whole gang back. It's been a long time. It has been a while since we've all uh, all kind of gotten together, huh? Pete's recording like this Zero Dark Thirty setting. Yeah, he's in complete darkness. You charge and hotspot over there? What's going on? I mean, yes, yes. I don't have any power. I'm living in 1900. We only have power. I heard somebody talking about they were living in some foreign country that they only had power like three times, like three days a week or something like that. That's pretty wild. That'd be awful. I just thought you were in your bunker. That's what I thought. No, I unfortunately just didn't turn the lights on. We have a remote control to turn on the ceiling fan and the light in here, and my child has lost the remote control, so can't turn the lights on. It's probably down the toilet. That's probably where it is. Could be. So tonight, we're going to uh, to be talking about... Our favorite bars outside of Disney World itself. So these are going to be bars at Disney Springs. These are going to be bars at the resorts. These are going to be bars at the boardwalk. These are our favorite places to go, kick back, relax, have a drink. You know, maybe after a long day at the park, maybe you hit all these in one day. Who knows? It's up to you. And these are our favorite bars for, for a variety of reasons, views, themes, drinks, you name it. So we'll go through that before we do... Let's go to the news. What do we got this week? Got a couple big announcements as regard in regards to tickets and ticket pricing. So I'm going to start there. Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is obviously now available and running, which is wild. It's uh, Halloween in August. But as we mentioned on, on a previous show, they did have some price hikes in tickets this year. And what's what you're seeing is that people have responded and they haven't had a sellout. And they typically sell out the first night. And so what Disney realized is that people aren't willing to pay that premium and pass holders that had historically gone were kind of staying out because the the price is outrageous now. I mean, you're talking, I think the most expensive nice, $135. Uh, and that's like an annual pass discount rate. So uh, what they've released is a new Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party Pass, and it's uh, available for purchase now. It is a party pass that will give you access to the Not-So-Scary Halloween Party every night if you'd like to go, excluding Halloween night. And the pricing is $299 plus tax for ages 10 and above and $284 plus tax for ages 3 to 9. This is going to be a, a, a limited ticket. Uh, they're not going to sell this the entire time, but once you have one, you can do. You can go to guest services or any ticket window to pick it up. You cannot purchase it online today, uh, but once you have one, you would have access to every not-so-scary Halloween party outside of Halloween night. And if you're a local, I think this is a really good deal because you just go to three of them and you've pretty much made your money. Uh, with the discount that you would be able to receive being a local. But um, yeah, this is Disney's response to tickets not selling as strongly as they had historically for this first ticketed, uh, hard ticketed party, I guess you'd call it, of the year. On top of that note, Disney has now debuted a midday magic ticket. And so uh, basically what this is, it's a new ticket type that Disney is launching. Uh, It'll be a midday magic ticket option for guests, which gives guests access to the parks after noon 12 p.m noon 
You can purchase this ticket with several options, including multi-day and park hopper. And the basic price breakdown is, at minimum, it has to be a two-day ticket. So a two-day ticket's 88 bucks a day, plus tax. A three-day ticket's 84 a day, and a four-day ticket is 79 a day. So you do have some savings here. It, it'd be great if you could buy a single-day ticket, because I think Hollywood Studios, for example, and Epcot, maybe, would be two that you, you could enter noon and, and have a great day. Uh, but so... You, uh, you you will be able to have park hopper, op- park hopper option if you want to add that to it. That was not included in the base price I mentioned earlier. And you can do Fast Pass Plus selections after 12 p.m. So you, you uh, obviously wouldn't be able to make Fast Passes in the morning, but you, you could have your Fast Pass Plus selections after 12 p.m. And when, uh, you know, obviously this ticket does not get you access in any extra magic hours or anything like that uh, if you are staying on property. This would just be something that gets you in at 12 noon. So that's uh, another response Disney's having to their ticket prices going up. They're trying to find other ways to entice people to come into the park. So uh, moving along here, special annual passholder character meet and greets coming to Disney's Animal Kingdom. What I think you've heard, there were some complaints that annual passholders weren't getting many perks. And so Disney's tried to change that this year. Um, this is obviously one of them. Beginning August 29th, Disney will have the following special character meet and greets available at Disney Animal Kingdom just for annual pass holders. That's Baloo near Creature Comforts from 10 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And then you can get uh, Jane and Tarzan near Island Mercantile and Discovery Island area from 10 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. It'll only be available for annual pass holders for now, and it'll be a limited time. There's no end date that's been set, but I'd guess it, it would move on before the holiday season gets in full swing. Interestingly enough... Same time frame that Galaxy's Edge is going to be open. And I'm not saying they're doing this to try and, you know, combat Galaxy's Edge. But this kind of stuff does, it does make annual pass holders especially come into the park. If they want to avoid the the crazy crowd at Galaxy's Edge, maybe they'll go over and, and meet, you know, Jane or Baloo or, uh, or Tarzan. So that's something that'll be going on again. That starts August 29th and that'll be daily in Animal Kingdom. Staying with Animal Kingdom, Primeval World is closed indefinitely. It's still closed. We've probably been monitoring monitoring this since mid-June, so it's two months now. They have not given any more detail other than unspecified technical issues. And at one point, Disney had assured guests it would reopen in July, but it never did. Disney said the closure was being addressed and the attraction would open in September. Uh, so guests with FastPass Plus reservations for this attraction in September and October reporting that the reservations are now being canceled, casting doubt that this ride will reopen anytime this fall. And and do not be alarmed if you had that FastPass or or you're ever in a position like this. What you do is you get a, a multiple experience FastPass, so you can use use that for any attraction in the same tier. And so it, Disney still takes care of you. But this is I feel like it's our weekly update for Primeval World, and and still uh, still nothing. Staying, uh, staying kind of with our refurbishment theme here, Astro Orbiter extends their unplanned refurbishment. Uh, Astro Orbiter had been, has been closed since July, had a tentative reopening date of August 15th. It's now going to be closed through September 19th, reopening on September 20th. Uh, obviously, I was just at Disney World um, here recently, and it, it was it was closed. And it, it does, I mean, that that's an attraction that usually eats up 20 to 40 minutes of wait time, so it does eat up a, a good amount of people. Uh, but yeah, it's another one that it's kind of perplexing to what, what could be going on or what delayed it. Um, another cool thing on the character front here, wandering characters are going to come to the Disney resorts. So they'll be kind of doing a trial run. Disney World doesn't really do the wandering characters. But 
We're going to try it at the resort. So Disney's Wilderness Lodge will have Chippendale. They'll be found in and around the lawn area at Wilderness Lodge. The Contemporary will also have Chippendale. They'll be interacting with guests at the Contemporary Resort playing long games like Cornhole. Uh, Polynesian would have who you, who you would imagine, Lilo, Stitch, Mickey, and Pluto actually will be found in the lawn outside of the Great Ceremonial Hall. The Grand Floridian Resort and Spa will have Pooh and Tigger. They'll be found around various sidewalks of the resort, whereas Mary Poppins can be found by the main pool topiaries. Alice and the Mad Hatter will be found in and around the Mad Hatter Tea Party Pool. That's I, I think this is really awesome, and there's some more I'm going to share as well. Disney's Yacht and Beach Club Resorts will have Daisy, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy. They'll be in and around the pool area ready to catch some sun with the guests. And then Disney's Boardwalk Resort will have Daisy, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy as well, and they'll be around the pool in the boardwalk to partake in the fun. It's only a test, so I'm not sure how long these characters will be available or if Disney has plans to make the Wandering characters a permanent part of the Disney resorts moving forward, but I think it's really neat. I think kids will enjoy it. I think it does entice people to hang around the resort and explore resorts, which takes people out of the park, uh, especially when you've had such massive wait times and park pressure from people lately. And this, this makes Disney... You know, you see the commercials and you see like the wandering characters and you're like, oh, that never happens. This makes Disney kind of do that. And and I think, you know, I, I actually was at the Grand Floridian this trip uh, for uh, just ate lunch there with my wife and we saw Mary Poppins uh, kind of meandering around the, the resort and to see Pooh and Tigger on the sidewalks, that'll be neat. Uh, it just makes Disney more real, uh, in my opinion. But aside from that, I mean, it's, it was a pretty, a pretty slow news week. I mean, one of the bigger pieces of news is obviously not so scary is back. And we hit that there at the, the top of the top of the news rundown, and you know I've I've watched a video already of of the new parade and the new fireworks show. I think both of them are awesome. I think Disney really stepped it up with their projections without any spoilers, and the new floats that are in the parade. Not it's not a new parade. There's just some new floats in the parade. Uh, that that's neat, and and it is obviously a brand new fireworks show uh, with new new songs and everything. Kind of a new storyline, and and Disney blew it out of the water with their projections. A couple other things, you know, I know they have a interactive candy line for Monsters, Inc. Live Floor. And so what it is, is you can walk through, get your candy, and just walk right out. Or you can walk in, sit in the theater, and it's just a an extended version of what the Laugh Floor would be. It's live, interactive jokes, which is it's kind of challenging for those comedians just to be coming up with that off the, off the cuff. So, and though that's one of the changes in the Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, also has live actors in, around it, and through it. And they all are talking about treasure, basically. That, that'd be the, the theme of that. So I, that's been well-received. And, and people, uh, you know, I would say when we did the Villains Night, the overlay at Pirates of the Caribbean was awesome. We thought the actors, at least, that were in the attraction when we were there did a really, really good job. And it, it's kind of nice to have a little tiny change to an attraction like that that you've ridden tons and you know hundreds of times, probably, and to have something new to look forward to. So uh, that about does it for the news uh, this week. And we will... Uh, as always, continue to keep you updated with the latest and greatest that we hear out of Disney World. All right. Well, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers. 
a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, guys, well, let's talk about some of these bars. And I don't know if you want to go through them in any particular order. I think kind of a theme on our podcast is we don't like to rank things other than putting them top 10. There's, there's a lot of discrepancy, I would say, between uh, between our views on, on a couple of these places, a couple of rides, a couple of everything that we talk about. So no particular order, I guess, again. Let's just go through these at random. What do you guys want to start talking about? I kind of want to see what Tom has to, has to talk about. What do you, what's your favorite, Tom? Or one of the ones you want to talk about first? So I'm going to save one of the resort locations for later in the podcast because that will certainly take up some of our time. And I'm going to start at one that I've, I've experienced here recently, Splitsville. Splitsville is a restaurant and bar located at Disney Springs. It's very unique. I wouldn't say the drinks themselves are something you can't find elsewhere or the drink names, but the theme of the restaurant is awesome. They have a miniature bowling alley inside, and they encourage you to go uh, explore the space, I guess. I know Matt has been to Splitsville, and I, I'm not sure if Pete's been, but this is probably where I'd want to start it. I mean, this is one of one of my most fun memories I have at Disney World, and, and when I go to Disney Springs, I try to swing in here if I can. So a while ago, it's been years at this point, in my last job, I went to Disney quite frequently. And one of the things that we did was Splitsville with all my coworkers. And a lot of the folks there like weren't Disney guys. And it was like really hard to get them to like, hey, let's go to Disney Springs. It's going to be a blast. But we went to Splitsville and it was hilarious because you're trying to throw a mini bowling ball at mini pins after you've had a couple beers, after you've had a lot of pizza, it was so much fun. And we ended up spending way more time at Splitsville than we thought we were going to spend. So like Splitsville forever will be a place if, I mean, set aside the drinking aspect of it, but just pizza and bowling. I mean, that's a place to take kids too. They'll have a lot a lot of fun. Yeah. And you said you, you could start here. You could also finish here, right? Because Splitsville's open until 1 a.m., I think. Yeah. Most nights. And and you're right. I mean, you don't have to come here just to have a drink. They do have food here. They've they've got some decent drinks here. And look, it's a bowling alley too, right? So if you want to throw a couple of, and it doesn't have to be mini bowling. I mean, you can you can get your game on you know, regular size bowling too. One of the fun things too is when you start bowling, it's not like you have to walk to the bar to get your drinks. There's actually a waiter or waitress that'll bring your drinks to you. So it's a really it's really a fun place to hang out and just enjoy an evening. And like Pete said, it could be early to start your night or to finish your night. And after all, these are luxury lanes, so it is a little bit nicer than your local uh, your local bowling alley. Like like you said, you do have a uh, you do have someone coming around to take care of you. You don't have to go to the sketchy bar area to get your pictures of cheap beer, which is a lot of fun because when you have someone that's bringing drinks to you, like a lot of places in Disney World and like places we might even talk about tonight, but the traditional bar scene you can completely avoid. You know, you can have a couple beverages, you can have some pizza. I mean, I think they have wings there as well. And you're just hanging out, enjoying your night, as opposed to fighting through people to go get your next round. And, and the drink selections here are not super adventurous. You're, you're looking at standard drinks, you're looking at beer, 
they've got some mules they've got some they've got some other not super exciting uh super exciting drinks but again that's you're you're not going here for the drinks you're going here more for the atmosphere than uh, than anything else right all right well let's let's stay at uh let's stay at disney springs so pete if we're going to stay in disney springs um one of my favorite spots is raglan road irish pub and restaurant I have a blast there. It's another place I took co-workers when I worked down in Florida and we went to Disney quite frequently. Um, this is your traditional Irish pub. Um, it's a lot of fun. They have live music. They have great beer. They have great spirits. And everyone I've ever taken there has had a lot of fun. Um, the food's not bad either. Well, first, first off, I want to say, apart from the bar here, their bread pudding is the best at Disney World, period. It's it's better than what you get at Ohana. That's a controversial statement right there, but I will put it up against Ohana's any day. Tom, no comment. Well, I mean, we're we're talking about a a bar crawl uh, in essence here, so I don't want to I don't want to dive into the bed, bread pudding discussion. But I I don't know if you're going to find better bread pudding than Ohana. I'm going to have to take Pete's word for it. He's been to both restaurants. He does have that over me, and he's been to both and and tried both bread puddings. I wish we could do these back to back. You know, a true taste test. But aside from that, Raglan Road's awesome. There's live music typically most nights. And people remember this. While, yay, yeah, it may be a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night at, at Disney, which is in your hometown, is typically a quiet night. Disney's a vacation for everyone every day of the week. So you can constantly find live music. They do have good drinks here. Uh, it does have the Irish pub type feel if you can sit inside. But the outside, as long as the weather is not, you know, 100 thousand degrees it's nice and it's nice to uh to walk by one critical thing about disney springs is you can actually take a drink to go so if you go into a restaurant or a bar and you get a drink you can take it and walk around disney springs area uh we have checked both with the restaurants and the police officers there that's totally allowed and so and there's also a there's also a like a walk-up window at raglan road there too, is. right or an outside there is, bar yeah and so you can uh, you can experience Raglan Road without having to dine there. You can go grab a drink from a from a uh, you know a cart or another bar, and then go listen to live music. One of the things that we'll add about this particular stop on our trip tonight is if you do go there for dinner, there's a two hour max on a table, so you can't stay at a table longer than two hours. But that's perfect for you know just drinking, eating, having dessert. But after two hours, you know you might have a waiter or waitress say, "Hey, you know." What what are you gonna do next? Because they they don't really encourage sitting for longer than two hours. And I wish some of the other restaurants there had this policy because it, I'm thinking of uh, not specifically at Disney Springs, but but the ESPN zone at the Boardwalk. I mean, you can't get into that place if there's a sporting event on. And that and that and that's tough for a lot of people that go down to Disney Boardwalk and they're really excited for ESPN zone. They want to watch their team play or watch the big game. That's not the place to go if you're in Disney World. You might have a better Better success going to your, you know, resorts, you know, bar, restaurant where they have a ton of TVs and maybe you just walk up and watch it or just watch it in your resort room because ESPN Boardwalk's tough to get into on a big night. The thing I'll say about Raglan Road, we talk a lot about the Rosen Crown on this podcast and, and it's one of our favorite places at Epcot. This is as close as you're going to get to Rosen Crown outside of the parks. It has that same atmosphere. It's it's got the the live music now. There's no Hat Lady playing at uh, Raglan Road, but you do have the live music. You know, it is a typical rowdy pub atmosphere. So if you're looking for that, but you don't want to go into the parks, this is as close as you're going to get outside of uh, outside of that. Okay, well let's uh, let's go over to a, a little bit more 
I think of a traditional bar, at least the the short experience that I had there, and uh, and that is the Boathouse at Disney Springs. This is this is really more of a seafood restaurant and steakhouse that happens to have a bar. Uh, it sits uh, it sits right on the water at Disney Springs, right? It's a huge, very tall restaurant. It's it's kind of reminiscent of Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, so it, it has that same really open feel to it, I guess. You know, the theming is what you would expect at a boathouse. There are boat parts, there are boats all over the place, kind of a nautical theme. Again, a little bit nicer atmosphere than I think the uh, anything we've talked about to this point. And I think the, the drinks and the selection of, of what they have available reflects that as well. So Pete and I actually went to the boathouse a couple trips ago, had a big group, uh, did find seating at the bar. You can get, I believe, their entire menu there at the bar. Uh, I know that they, I know the bartender w- was nice enough to give us a menu because we all were kind of coming from out of town and we're looking at dinner. One, be prepared to spend some money here. You will, uh, it's very expensive uh, for drinks. They do have some cool signature cocktails, but the atmosphere here is ridiculous. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Uh, I know that the first the first drink order, I think one of the guys picked up everyone's drinks and said, all right, we're, we're doing this. We're at Disney World now. I mean, it definitely gives you that kind of a shock, but there's boats everywhere. I mean, there are tables that are actually in the shape and look of a speedboat, and it's nice. You know, it's not it's not one of, you know, Disney World is loud, but it, I didn't think it was so loud that we couldn't hear each other and have conversations. And the bartenders, uh, for the most part, were really good. I think my problem with this place, my only problem with this place is that, like you said, it is nice, but the atmosphere feels more casual, I guess. When when you look at how much everything costs here, the atmosphere is a lot more casual than, you know, what you'd expect for fine dining. But, I mean, you're at Disney World. So, people are, I think Disney World in general outside of Victoria and Albert's is pretty casual because you have people on vacation. You know, I th- a story I have is I, we went to a, a resort for our honeymoon, and there were restaurants that required long pants. And I'm in I'm in the Caribbean islands, and I was sitting there like, why would I ever? You know, I packed long pants, but why do I want to wear long pants on vacation? People want to dress comfortably, and I think that's what you see here. Uh, you know, I don't think Disney enforces it, even though they they wish. You know, the Edison, for example, has the the coat rule. You know, you don't have that. And I think a lot of times when you think about different restaurants and different bars at Disney World, if you're really going to end your night here, like you're probably not going to go back to your resort, change clothes, come in some more fancy attire. And like what Tom said, I totally get that. One thing I will say about the boathouse is just the staff is supposed to be phenomenal. I mean, everything that I know about the staff is they're very, very attentive. They bring your drinks out quickly. They bring your food out quickly. I think the seafood's a little bit better than the steak here. And if you're going to go there, you know, definitely eat some seafood. Yeah, I would say I would say that we would echo those statements. The bar staff was awesome. Uh, they were actually the ones that told us about the to-go drinks. We actually had a VR experience later in the evening, and we were like, "Oh man, we have to kind of, you know, down what we just ordered." And the guy said, "No, here are to-go cups." Uh, so no, the boathouse definitely is is a spot that if I were if I were doing a Disney bar crawl or or a find some of your favorite most relaxing kind of cool spots at Disney World, it definitely fits the list. And and I don't want to I don't want to give the wrong impression about Boathouse. I I enjoyed it. I mean it, it's it's a fun place to go. There's it has a lot of energy. The atmosphere there is is fun and upbeat. So, but it's expensive. It is expensive. It it is very expensive. I agree. 
And I think that's an important thing as we talk about all these different bars and restaurants that we enjoy going to. Let's talk about the price point and just, you know, let let our listeners know you know, what's affordable, what's not. Everything at Disney is going to be somewhat expensive, but there are some places that are just over the top. No, and I, and I, and I agree with you. And, and, and staying kind of with a Disney Springs theme, I'm going to roll over to Jock Lindsay's because that's a very recent memory in my mind. On our last Disney trip, we did pop in, uh, very quickly found a spot at the bar. Bartender was awesome. She she was probably one of the better bartenders we've, ever, we've had uh, throughout Disney Springs and throughout some of the bars we're going to discuss. We The drinks are very unique. If you are a fan of bourbon, this is a very good place to go. The old-fashioned... Well, you you say unique. They're very... They're very sugary. Is is kind of what okay, I would well, say. Okay, well, so I, as a bourbon fan, I my drink was not very sugary. Um, but they do have some sweet drinks. I now that I think about it, I remember kind of the uh, I don't know if it was like a slushy or something they had rolling. It was like a tower yes. or something that yeah. Uh, but but you asked the bartender and she told you. I mean, she said that's this really sweet drink. I don't know if 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 you don't like sweet, do not order this. So that goes into this for me because you want to have an experience where you enjoy it. And we asked questions about the menu. We asked questions about things we saw on the actual bar, which is kind of the tower that Pete's referring to. And the service was awesome. And I, and I like the theming here too. I'm I'm a softie for theming at bars and at restaurants, as as our you know our episode a couple episodes ago can attest. I mean, this is a this is an Indiana Jones themed bar. Yeah, I mean, so so you walk in and you're hit with Easter eggs all over the place, and and you walk in and you're at. I mean, it's it it's an airplane hangar, right? And I think what they were trying to go with on this, and, and they fell a little flat, is they were trying to get kind of a Trader Sam's vibe with this. The menus are kind of similar. They have some tiki drinks. They even have their own like souvenir mugs there that if you buy, you can probably sell on eBay for a lot more than you paid for them. I I mean, it just look. I've been looking. I've been trying to find an Oa mug on eBay from from Trader Sam's, and and they're like a hundred bucks. So, but but I think that that this is you know they're they're trying to draw some inspiration from, from Trader Sam's here. It doesn't work as well as Trader Sam's because they don't have some of the other things that Trader Sam's has. But it is full of Easter eggs. It's full of things to look at, and and I think I think the theming is is spot on here. One of the things that I'll say about this particular stop on our trip tonight is this is not where you should go for a three course meal. Like there's not a lot of food options here that are great. I mean, you might enjoy some of them, but on the, on the same note, I think you're really coming here for the specialty drinks and maybe some smaller appetizers. But I don't know if this is a place that you come and just enjoy a dinner and then hang out and drink later. I'd rather just come here for drinks. I'll put it like this. I, while I agree with you, there are better restaurants at Disney Springs. My opinion is you could go have a good dinner here. Now, three-course meal, something on the fancy end, certainly not. This is not a fancy restaurant. But as far as a no, if you're if you're looking fancy, you're you're going to the boathouse, or, yeah, or you're exactly, going to exactly. But it's a good meal still. I mean, you can eat dinner here, and you're not going to be disappointed. I agree, I, and I think I think it's a good place to go in and have a drink, and and maybe grab again, sit at the bar, or maybe grab grab some sliders, grab whatever at the bar, and and move on here. You know, if you're into sugary drinks, go for it. They've got a ton of them here. But I think that the I think that the atmosphere here, I think that the theming here, I think that the uh, the ambiance here is. Uh, is well worth a visit, regardless of whether or not you like Indiana Jones. It's this this bar is it's just that good. All right, so who who's next on the list here? Um, well, well, let's let's stay and and close out Disney Springs here, um, and and let's talk about the Edison. The Edison is 
One of the one of the newer on our list here, and this took over the spot that the Adventurers Club was at. The theme of this is what it's supposed to be a power plant that's been repurposed into a bar, kind of. Yeah. You know, this is a restaurant primarily. It, it really turns into kind of a more of a club at night, but they do have a, a bar area. They do have a band playing. There is a cover here. I think Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, late night, and I think that's when this bar really, really gets fun. Is, is late night. You know, this isn't some place that you want to go at five o'clock when everybody's trying to eat dinner. But it, but it kind of has a, I mean, it has a 20s kind of prohibition feel to it. And I think like that kind of feel you're talking about, the best part about this particular stop on our trip tonight is that you immediately know what you're walking into when you're there. Like there's no, what is this theme? What, what are we doing here? It's immediate. And you know that you're in 1920s prohibition America you know, maybe you're in the back of a, a manufacturing plant that turned into a speakeasy. Like, it's really cool and it's a lot of fun. And that's one of the things I take away from this. Like, yeah, you can get drinks everywhere, but I think this is a really good ambiance. So I can, I, yeah, you know, I can speak to kind of what they're saying here. All the restaurants and bars we've listed thus far do not implement this rule. There's a $10 cover after 10 p.m. at the Edison. It's 21 and up, which is nice. Uh, Disney's very strict on this rule. And uh, there's another bar experience, I guess, that we're going to discuss with the cover charge. The Edison is, the Edison's ridiculously themed. And, and I, I know the food is supposed to be very good. I actually regret going to Enzo's because we, it was between Edison and Enzo's last time. Maybe, maybe uh, on my next trip, I will experience the Edison, but it, it kind of throws you back in time. We talked about that in our themed restaurants. Take, take you somewhere you can't go at home. The Edison fits that description. And another place, if you are a fan of bourbon, obviously you can find some pretty cool drinks here. I love how you, you judge these places based on how much bourbon they have. Well, I mean, as a guy who doesn't drink beer. <laughs> it's telling, Tom. It's telling. You know, as a guy who doesn't really drink beer, I, that's kind of what I look for. Because if you don't yeah. have – there are – bourbon is bourbon is bourbon, right? But, I mean, if you go somewhere that has a unique offering, that kind of sticks out in your mind. And this is this is a place yeah, and- that, I, you know, Pete, I regret not going on our last trip. Because we were in Disney Springs after 10 p.m. We were just stuffed from Enzo's. We were. And it, look, it was fitting. It's fitting that this restaurant is connected to Enzo's Hideaway, right? Because they, they sort of share that Prohibition era. Although this is more of a... It's kind of steampunk, but it's it's it doesn't go all the way to steampunk. Doesn't it have like an industrial goth kind of feel? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely more that than steampunk. But So it's, it's kind of fitting though, because Enzo's Hideaway and the Edison are kind of in that same time period. So it's it's fitting that they're right next to each other. In fact, they they share. I mean, the bathroom for Enzo's is in the Edison. You know what? And on that note, have I told? Have I? To, I don't remember if I. I think I told the story. You guys know. I, I think you. Yeah, told you guys the story. know that I got lost in between in between the uh, the hallway. I guess that that leads you from the in, from Enzo. The bathroom is in Edison. So if you go to Edison, there's a bathroom there. You don't have to worry about traveling to a different restaurant. But moving off of of Disney Springs, because I think we've kind of hit. Hit what we what we would hit and what we do hit there, and going over to the resorts. I'm gonna let Pete really really talk about this Geyser Point at Wilderness Lodge. This is uh, Pete's experience here was primarily due to the DVC resort he stayed at uh, there. And Pete, I'll let you take the take the cake from here. Yeah, so so Geyser Point is at the Wilderness Lodge, and it's if you go out of the Wilderness Lodge and you head out towards the lake, it's it's just to the right of. Um, as you're facing the lake, it's just the right. So this is relatively new, and this is a cool bar. 
slash restaurant. Have you guys have you guys actually seen what this looks like? I've seen pictures, but I have never pictures okay. probably don't do it justice. No, so it so it's it looks like a picnic shelter. Is is really what it looks like. And that's really not fair to what this is, but it looks like a giant picnic structure. Now they obviously have a lot nicer furniture. There's a bar, a centrally located bar there. There's a heck of a view too. Yeah, and and that's that's really what sells this bar to me is that you're looking out over the lake. This this bar is completely open air, although it can transform if it's raining. It can transform to an indoor bar, but um, it kind of has a lounge feel. They've got some some lower tables with really what looks like patio furniture. They've got ceiling fans in here. They've got heaters in here to make it comfortable. It's it's just a it's a great place to go grab a. Uh, Grab a drink, sit by the lake, and just relax and really feel like you're on vacation. This this whole resort has sort of a I mean it's the wilderness lodge, right? So it has sort of a Pacific Northwest feel to it. And this really sells it to me for me. This open air kind of longhouse patio feel looking out over the lake. So the wilderness lodge is a place that I have not spent a lot of time in Walt Disney World, and I really wish I did. And this is one of the places that I really want to get to as well. It, it might even be worth the trip just to take the bus over, enjoy a nice meal. It's quicker to take the boat over, to be honest. There you with go, you. yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I'm actually like when Pete started talking about this, this is a place that's been on my list. But I started looking up online, you know, just what the what the meals look like, what the drinks look like. I mean, this looks like a place that you can really relax and chill and not worry about like the specialty bourbon or whatever. You know, you can just have a great time eating food that you might eat at home with your family or you know, eat out just like a country store. It looks awesome. All right. Well, um, let's go. What else do we have at the resorts? California Grill Lounge at the uh, at the Contemporary. You could actually hop right on the boat, which is, I mean, the boat landing is just outside of Geyser Point. So you could actually hop on the boat right over to the Contemporary from Wilderness Lodge and uh, and go up to, is it the 15th floor? I think, I think that's, so. I think that's I'm- what it is. I'm I'm double checking. So go up to the uh go up to the 15th floor. It's all first come first first serve here at uh at the California Grill Lounge. This place around fireworks fills up real quick because I mean everybody comes up here to to try to get a drink and watch the uh watch the fireworks at Magic Kingdom. So it's it's I mean what you would expect being at the Contemporary, they uh it's it's Pretty standard menu, no no unique drinks, anything like that. One of the cool things, though, is you do get you can you can order the full menu from California Grill here at this lounge. So if you do get here, if you do happen to uh, to snag a table or snag you know a viewing location for the fireworks, you can get a drink. You can order food from uh, from California Grill. So one of the things I will point out here as well is that when we talk about like Disney meal plan, whether you should do it or not do it, a lot of the places we're talking about tonight actually are on the Disney dining plan, and this is one of them. Yeah, it is. And I don't know that I would use the Disney dining plan here. I mean, it, I guess if you're if I'm gonna if I'm gonna eat at California Grill, I'm gonna eat at California Grill, right? But I mean, yes, you certainly could come here and I mean this is probably quieter than California Grill is. You know, I'll tell you that this place is used a lot of times for folks who have dining reservations at California Grill. Uh, but when you go into the contemporary, go to the second floor, you can ask for access and see if there's seating available, as Pete alluded to. It fills up quick because people will stick around all night, especially annual pass holders or folks that did a resort day, and they will wait to watch Happily Ever After from this viewpoint. Yeah, similar to what we've discussed already. I mean, atmosphere or perks or entertainment plays a role into this because 
you can only make a Mai Tai so many different ways. You can only make an old-fashioned or a beer so many different ways. So these bars have to offer something exclusive. There's not really anything exclusive here other than that view, Exactly. Right? That's what I mean. I mean, the exclusivity does not have to be a drink. It, it may be the atmosphere or the view or the entertainment that you receive. And this is a place that you would receive top-notch viewing from Magic Kingdom's Happily Ever After Fireworks Show. And one of the things we talk about all the time now is just like Disney add-ons. And, hey, here's the best spot to watch the fireworks. Well, if you're already going to pay top dollar to watch the fireworks somewhere in Walt Disney World, like in a park, why not just go here and watch the fireworks? The only thing about that making sense is you need to get here right at opening if, if you are trying to reserve an actual seat. And this is one of those places you need to park for the, for the long haul and wait for the show. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't. I think it opens at eleven o'clock. I don't think you need to get there at eleven o'clock to watch the fireworks. But you know, if the fireworks are at eight o'clock, four o'clock, I don't think four o'clock would be unreasonable to to try to get there. And as Pete alluded to and mentioned, you you get the full dinner menu. So if you get there at four, I don't know. That, that's still that's a long that's a that's long still, time. I'm sitting here adding the hours, especially in the summer. That's still a long time. That's a but lot. That's a lot of drinks you, to enjoy at the bar. You get the you get the point. I mean, you, you you may spend more money on your dinner and the drinks at the bar than you would on a uh, dessert party. Yeah, I think I think there are are places that I would rather spend four hours at, at Disney World, even if I'm not paying for admission to the parks. So we're we're trying to save our two favorite and I think most visited bars for last. So let, let's uh, transition over to Boardwalk, where there's Abracadabar, which is kind of one of the lesser known gems at the Boardwalk. Everybody knows about ESPN Zone. Everyone certainly knows about another bar, you know, not to be named. The name we cannot speak now. It's a piano-type bar. But Abracadabar has a name for itself. Uh, From the theming, from the magic posters that are there, from the hidden Mickeys, from the actual magic, there's a lot there. And there are some unique drinks. Uh, And this is one of the bars. It's a little quieter. I I would say when you compare this to other boardwalk bars, this would probably be a more mature crowd. But it, and, and this is a newer bar too. They, you know, the, and, and obviously, as you can imagine, they have magic. They have magic coasters. They have a genie lamp. They have an Aladdin book. I mean, they they have things to see and do here. They they do the and you know this is a this is a lot smaller bar. In case you could not tell from the from the name Abracadabar, it, it is a magic themed bar. So, like Tom alluded to, everything is themed to magic, from the posters on the wall to yeah the. The drinks themselves, and and the drinks here are really the highlight. If you're looking for unique drinks, this is the place that uh, that you need to go. They're they're just a lot of fun drinks. I mean, I'm thinking of Pepper's Ghost, which is a clear drink. I'm thinking of what's the one that's served with with cotton candy. There's there's something where they they bring you a drink, they bring you a glass full of cotton candy, and then they pull pour the drink over the cotton candy. And it dissolves. So, a lot of unique presentations, like you know, it's supposed to be disappearing cotton candy. A lot of unique presentations that the waitstaff here really gets into. So, I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention this. Everything is everything is very very well themed here, but it is a smaller bar, and, and like Tom said, it is a little less known. Probably have a little bit easier time getting in here, getting up at the bar, and uh, and actually getting a drink. And you also can get these drinks in to go cups. Again, exactly. Boardwalk, very similar to Disney Springs in that right. Something, I mean, and I mentioned very briefly, magic posters. Every 13 minutes, which is kind of a funny time to change, the posters will change and the magicians depicted in them will disappear. And that is, I think, like, be our guest, uh, painted in the West Wing type. 
think animator's palette. If you've ever been on a Disney cruise where the artwork is ever uh, evolving and you're seeing things kind of come to life. This is one of those places, Pete already mentioned the drinks being very unique. I mean, probably the most unique drinks we've had on this entire list so far. But also think about atmosphere and think about entertainment because, again, that, that's going to play into what we're talking about when you're, when you're choosing a bar or a restaurant to go to at Disney World. Uh, so this is certainly a, a great place to, uh, to visit, and it, it needs to be on the list because Boardwalk, you have to go to the Boardwalk to make this list complete. And I'm going to go ahead and transition to the next place. You have to go to Boardwalk to visit Jelly Rolls. And Jelly Rolls does have a cover charge, and it is a piano bar. And I know you're sitting here listening and thinking, I've been to a piano bar. I've done that, seen that. For some reason, this one is more unique than any piano bar I've been to. Maybe because every 25 minutes, they do a whole 5 or 10 minute spiel on Disney songs. Or maybe it's because the drinks are cheaper here than every other bar we've mentioned because you did pay the cover charge. I know the last time we went, we had an absolute blast. And I'm planning to visit Jelly Rolls again on my upcoming trip. These guys are amazing too. I mean, these, these performers are incredible. I mean, they just, they, they, they really do a fantastic job. And like you said, they have their own, they'll get up and they'll play songs. They'll go back and forth and it's not all Disney songs. They do mix in Disney songs. And let me tell you, when they, when they start playing the Disney songs, everybody sings along, but these guys know what people want to hear. They, they do take requests um, and, and, and they know, they know what people want to hear and they're, and they play them and people sing along. I mean, I, I couldn't talk the next day from, uh, from singing along. Think, that's one I of the, that's the critical thing to point out because everyone talks about, you know, maybe you're taking the non Disney to Disney. We had a whole episode on that. This bar is a place you could take the non Disney to Disney. They'd have fun. As Pete mentioned, they, and I mentioned, they play Disney songs. But only a, it is a small period. It's probably a third, maybe a fourth of what they actually play. Most of it is absolute bangers that they play. I mean, they play popular piano bar music, and they're very, very talented. And most of the people in, in the uh, the bar area participate, and that's kind of what makes a piano bar great. And that's one of the big things about piano bars in general. Like, I mean, if if I go out of town with my wife for a weekend, I see there's a piano bar. There's a 100 percent chance we're going there. But this piano bar like really does separate itself from others because these guys are professionals, they are trained, and they know exactly how to work a crowd. And that's what's the most fun thing about a piano bar, working the crowd and having a good time and playing the right mix of songs, like with you know, with you know, the crowd's requests and all that. But when they play the Disney songs in there, it gets pretty hype. It does. And Jelly Rolls opens at seven. They don't start playing until eight, but they're here. Through 2 a.m. Every night, 7 to 2, every single night. And another thing I'll point out, a lot of piano bars in your hometown probably clear out earlier, you know, 10 or 11, because people are going to other bars, not at the boardwalk. They keep it rolling all the way. Seriously, keep it rolling until 2 a.m. Pete Pete and I, unfortunately, can attest to that. All right, well, let's move over. Well, let's go back to, to one of the resorts. Let's go back over to the Polynesian specifically, to Trader Sam's. Tom... We talked about this on our last Men Do Disney episode at length. I can't say enough about this bar. I mean, I could I could talk about it for the next 25 minutes, how how cool this place is. And how I wish that instead of going to Hollywood Studios that day, we had gone to Trader Sam's all day. 
yeah, I mean, I don't know what can be said that we haven't already said. It, it is the most ridiculous theming. It is the it's it's theme, it's drinks, it's atmosphere, it's everything. It's entertainment, and especially if you're watching somebody sit at the bar while their seat is slowly shrinking or or moving in a downward motion to where you know where the, where they were kind of sitting at a normal height at the bar and now their chin can barely touch the bar and they've slowly done this decline that the waiters and waitresses make the experience here and or well they lead the experience and then the people in the actual bar make it uh as we've mentioned if you order any any number of their signature cocktails which they have a full book of you will receive a different response experience entertainment from the restaurant whether it's the Hippopotamai or it's the Oa. Uh, they have very different reactions. The art on the walls react. You may get sprayed by a rain bottle. You may feel wind. You may hear wind. You may have um, your waiter or waitress on a megaphone screaming some kind of reaction. This place is ridiculous. There may be a tiki god angry at you. You may get a tiki god angry at you. Disney has done a fantastic job. This is by far the best bar experience there's food there as well. It's kind of limited bites. There's some sliders. There's some pot stickers from upstairs. But they've done a really, really, really good job theming here. And my favorite part is they don't pack it in. They could pack it in. They could put it body to body and pack it in. But what they do is if their tables and their bar seats are filled, there will be a wait. Because you need that space and room for the waiter to kind of lead the entertainment portion of each drink that every individual orders in there. So I was I was going to say literally the exact same thing is that you can have all the theming you want, but if it if a place is packed or if it's crowded, it doesn't work. And Trader Sam's, if you're going into Trader Sam's, it holds about 50 people at a time. That's it. They don't let anybody else in. So be prepared to wait if you're going to uh, going to try to go in here. On our last trip, we hit we hit this at a perfect time. We waited about 15 minutes to get in and then camped out for about 3 hours. And would have stayed longer if we hadn't had dinner reservations. But I think having that limit on the number of people that are in this, you're, you're absolutely right, makes the experience. You you could it wouldn't work if if it were packed. And I think one of the best parts about this is, like Tom said, they could pack this thing out if they wanted to. They could get you know a million people in, but there's an actual wait, and there's no cover this particular place. So you you don't have to worry about paying twenty dollars to get in and walk into a packed place. It's Really, I think, you know, based on what y'all have said, I think it's just done right. I think it's just managed right. It's perfect for what Disney should be for the ultimate, you know, nightclub, night area that's still responsible and still, you know, a place that you want to spend a lot of time in. Like y'all said, y'all spent three hours. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and here's some stuff out about it. So do not get this confused with, so there's Trader Sam's, which is the actual bar. The Grog Grotto is the inside portion of the bar. Trader Sam's, there is an outside portion. If you go into the Grog Grotto, you will not be able to see the fireworks show at the Magic Kingdom. Polynesian is very well known for being a good spot to stand, sit on the beach, or eat at Ohana, sit upstairs and watch fireworks. They do turn the lights down. The Grog Grotto, and Pete, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, it, it would be totally separate from being able to view the fireworks if you're inside of there. I mean, there's, there's no windows. Right. Like, there's no real windows. Yeah, I was going to say, there's you can't, a... You can't see anything. There's a few windows with volcanoes in them, but yes, I'm, I'm with you. You can't see anything out of this. Uh, another place you need to get there early. You know, we got there at, 
three two o'clock or three o'clock probably you know and got you know we had about a 20 minute wait good thing is polynesian has things to do i think pete and tim actually went our friend tim that was with us went shopping and i think i went upstairs to uh experience the bar upstairs so it well let's let's talk about the drinks here which which you know it's a bar right that's important you don't first off you don't have to be a drinker to enjoy trader sam's and i think that's i think that's a really important point to make there's enough going on here that even if you're a non-drinker and you're going to get a snack or you're going to drink a Coke, you can still have a good time here. But if you do get the drinks, this is a tiki bar, right? So tiki drinks. I would say that while the drinks do tend to to veer towards the fruity type of drink, they're not overly sweet for the most part. Now, there are some that are sweeter than others. But even if you're not a huge... I mean, Tom, you, you had several drinks that... I think you enjoyed that we're well outside the realm of what you would normally drink. I mean, let, let's just start with kind of the signature drink, which is called the Uh-Oa. That's a drink that I have historically, and I did not have that on our last trip, but that's something that my wife and I have split 100% out of the realm of drinks that I would try. But it was kind of good. And, and I don't, if I made this at home, I wouldn't like it. But in that atmosphere, with the reaction you get when you order that, it makes it good. You know, Pete, you, you've tried a number over the years. You've, you've experienced quite a few different drinks here. And I know the Uh-Oh is one of your favorites, but the Hippopotamitai is another one you kind of like. Yes, the Hippopotamitai, the uh, Shrunken Zombie Head is good. Dark and Tropical Stormy is good. I mean, it, it, look, I could drink anything on this menu and enjoy it. And and you're right, maybe not if I were to make it at home, but in that context, you know, sitting there drinking a fruity rum drink just feels right. So this Disney look Disney does a great job of of making you spend money here because and I think you you made this comment when we last talked about Trader Sam's you want to order all these drinks to see what's going to happen when you do it exactly no and I I said that in the restaurant that day I said Pete they're making me order a drink that I've heard no one here order I have no idea if I'm going to like it but I'm going to see whatever reaction happens and another thing that noise is kind of encouraged so you can be loud in an indoor bar, which is kind of cool. You know, you can scream and chant whatever's going on in there. Uh, aside from these signature cocktails that we've kind of run through, yeah, and just a couple of them, right? There's there's 10 or 12 or 15 of them. They do have beer. They do have wine. They have uh, that on the menu. I'm sure you could get a, a simple bourbon and Coke or a vodka tonic. I'm sure they would be able to serve that to you. But you will, if you order those, you won't be the one creating the experience. You know, you're not the one that's going to flip the switch on maybe the volcano exploding or the rain happening inside of the bar. But regardless what you're ordering, as Pete mentioned, it could be you go in there to get pot stickers and a Coca-Cola. You're still going to experience the fun that this this bar brings. And it was shocking the amount of money that we spent at this place. I would say shocking in a good way. I thought our bill was going to be much worse. Okay, that's that's Because I remember, I remember sitting there and thinking, we, we were all talking about how, how great. Our waiter was probably the best waiter in the, the place that night. And and that's not being biased. I mean, the tables he waited on all thoroughly enjoyed him. So we tipped pretty significantly for what we what we got. But I would say it felt, you know, competitively priced for what we ordered. Maybe maybe my tab was just way uh, way less than Pete's. I, I mean, I did get the uh-oh, uh, so that was that was pricey right there. That's very true. That's very true. We could we could we could do a whole episode on this bar. We really could. We really could. So anything else to say about Trader Sam's? I. If you go to no place else on this list, go to Trader Sam's and Jelly Rolls. Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. Go inside. Totally different experience. I had done the outside portion of this this bar multiple times. 
and it was kind of meh. You know, I liked the Polynesian Resort. I liked being able to see, you know, at that point, Wishes. Now it's Happily Ever After. But now it, it, it is imperative. It is a must-do on my trips to go inside of the Grotto. Grotto, Grotto rather. All right. Well, uh, with that, let's go to the secret and trivia question for the week. What do we got? Yeah, so Disney's secret of the night. Did you know if you stand in the middle of the temple at the China Pavilion and say anything, say something, say anything, the building is actually designed to be acoustically perfect, so you will hear your voice echoing right back at you. Not many places in Disney you can get your voice echo back at you because it's pretty loud, but this is one of the places. Stand dead in the middle of the temple in the China Pavilion and uh, give it a go. So hitting the trivia question of last week, what is the only attraction that has a non-U.S. flag flying permanently? It's, of course, the Swiss family Robinson Treehouse, and we have potentially done this secret before, trivia question before. You know, Pete, uh, I can see Pete making a face at me like I did not fact check my trivia question. So if we did this before, great job on getting this correct. We expect that. It means you've been a longtime listener. But if you're new to the channel, uh, good guesses as well. Moving to a trivia question this week that I know we have never done, and I, I bet Pete won't even know the answer to this one. When exploring Dino Land USA, you will notice a sign that says Highway 498. What is that sign referring to, and why is it there? So I'll, re- I'll repeat it one more time. When exploring Dino Land USA, you will notice a sign that says Highway 498. What is the sign referring to, and why is it there? You can tweet us at podcast or email us at mendowww at gmail.com. Look forward to all of the uh, all of the guesses here. All right. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowww at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.